The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. Well, hey, we're in this series called Dear God. We just started it today. We are currently starting it. And I want to make a a quick preface uh, into this sermon series. We uh, go back and forth. If you've been here for quite a while, you've maybe noticed the, the trend or the, the routine that we go with our sermon series. series, series. Um, but we go from a topical series to uh, going through a book. And then we go back to a topic and then a book. Because I really do believe that both of them have value. That going verse by verse through a book in the Bible is the way that the Bible was meant to be read. Uh, but we also have topics that we need to address at times. Um, and so we hit on things like God's will. People want to know, what is God's will for my life? What is his plan for my life? And so we hit on that topic. Uh, right off the top of my head, man, this is a challenge for me. But uh, different topics we've been hitting on. Uh, pain and suffering was one towards the end of the year. I don't know if we hit one on one since pain and suffering. But we just do topics. And we also will do books of the Bible, like I said. So we did Second John. We've done the book of Ruth, and then we just finished up the book of Mark. I really believe that there's value in both reading books, verse by verse, and topics, just looking at what the Bible says at large on a given topic. And so tonight we're starting this new series called Dear God, and it's all about prayer. It's a topical series. We just got done with the book of Mark, and so now we're looking at the topic of prayer. With topical sermons, though, I just want to let you know this is when you need to crack open your book or your journal. Uh, because topical sermon series, I want to, make, I want to give the topic uh, a fair representation of what the Bible says. So that means I can't hone in on one little verse and just say, this is what the Bible says about prayer. Because it, it, it's covered all over the Bible. And so to give prayer a fair representation, I want to just do as much as I can in just looking at all over the Bible, keeping it in context. So, of course, I want to keep the Bible in context, what the Bible is saying, and not skew it, make it my own little thing. Um, But because of that, I'm going to be going all over. I I think I have like 15 different verses uh, I want to make mention of. I don't want that to overwhelm you and terrify you. It's only going to be an hour and a half sermon or so. (laughs) I got you guys to look up. That was good. Uh, No, it's going to be quick. But I do want to use a bunch of text because the Bible's chock full of it, okay? And so uh, we're on this topic now, and uh, the series is called Dear God. Dear God. Uh, I want to mention why I even picked this topic. I picked it a few months ago. Uh, I don't know exactly how many months ago, but a few months ago. And really to boil it down in the time that we have, I, I picked this topic because I personally struggle with it, and I think that a lot of people, and if you guys are being honest, maybe my peers here, my group, can be honest and say, you know what, I struggle with it too. I think it's, it's um, a topic that really needs addressed in Christianity today because I think we have lost trust in the power of prayer. That's really why I want to do this topic is because I think that we have lost trust in the power of prayer. We hear people say, I have two quotes here. The first one um, is from J.I. Packer, and he said, The activity by which the Christian directly secures the killing of his sins is prayer. 
the way that he directly kills. If you just are just so passionate about, I want to kill this sin, this temptation, this struggle, this addiction, if you want to use that word. I want to kill it. I want to get rid of it. I want to completely wipe it out of my life. Packer says it's by the means of prayer that you're going to make that happen. By regular, devoted, passionate communion with God that you are going to be able to wipe that out of your life. Prayer is important. We hear that. People say that. Another person, a local pastor actually recently said this in a service I was in a few weeks ago. uh, No reformation or movement of God has ever taken place without prayer happening first. Prayer is so important. It's essential. It's crucial. It's vital to the Christian walk. We hear that all over, right? We hear people say that, and we actually might be the ones saying that. But the problem is we say it, but we might not live like it's true because we just don't regularly do it. I think we've lost trust in the actual practical, the applicational aspect of the power of prayer. We can say it and in a neat little idea. Prayer seems to be powerful. We'll say that, right? It, it, this idea of prayer being powerful. But practically speaking and on the ground, how we're living day to day, the circumstances that we're dealing with, we might not actually put our trust in that prayer, in the power of the prayer. And so I want to lean in and see what the Bible has to say about prayer, the power that it has, the impact it might have on our lives, that once we actually see what the Bible has to say, we would not only say prayer is powerful, but we would actually live like it really is. That the, the Bible would motivate us to see, you know what, this really is actually something to trust in. And not just say that it's good. So we're going to, in the next five weeks, look at prayer. The topic of prayer through the Bible. And through those few weeks, uh, my, my hope is, is that we would become more confident in our prayers. We would be more comfortable in our prayers. That we would feel comfortable talking to God and we feel confident to say, God, I want this to happen and really believe that he might just make that happen. And actually, as crazy it might sound, to actually make that come about. I want us to be confident. I want us to be comfortable. And I want us to be devoted to prayer as if it's essential and it's crucial and it's vital to our Christian walk. That we wouldn't want to be Christians without our regular prayer life. That being a Christian aside from praying regularly, would be crazy in our minds. That we'd be like, there's no such thing. I can't be a Christian and not pray to God regularly. I want us to be sold out on prayer and the power of it. And so that's, that's why I'm talking um, on prayer for the next five weeks. Uh, but tonight specifically, I want to look at that question. Do my prayers actually make a difference? Do my prayers actually change things? Like when I... When those words come out of my mouth, does it actually make a difference that something would actually happen? Like, would that actually impact the trajectory of my life? The words coming out of my mouth, the time that I spend to speak to God, would that actually be consequential to the way my life plays out in the next few days? Does prayer actually do anything, or is it just talking Maybe off of a wall or maybe talking to God, but nothing will actually come about of it. Does prayer make a difference? That's what I want to look at tonight. And it's, I think, a pretty reasonable question. I find myself regularly just saying, and maybe you guys are, yeah, yeah, me too. I just, I regularly pray. And I just have to stop and say, God, 
I'm going on and on about this. But would you actually listen to this? And I know you are, but would you, would you do something about it? Would you not let this prayer go to waste? Would you actually like see to it that something would happen in me spending this time praying to you? Would you, I really, I actually ask that pretty regularly. God, would you actually listen to this and do something that it wouldn't just be me talking to you? Because I think that's a concern that we have a lot of the times. We're just talking. And that's all, that's all that prayer is going to be. And it's not going to actually lead to anything. That's a concern that we have. Especially whenever we see the way that the Bible talks about God. I think it's really challenging to think that prayer will make a difference. Let's, let's look real quick at a few verses. This is Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 16, uh, 33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, that is, of, the, of a person. The, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, Lord, that a person's way of life is not his own. No one will walk, no one who walks determines his own steps. So this is just talking about how God has pre-planned the, the, the whole makeout of our world as we know it, as we see it. He has decided and he has planned it and it has gone according to his perfect will. We see that God is, a big word here, sovereign. He is ruling completely. He is looking down and he has decided the trajectory of all of our lives. That's what the text is saying. God is huge. God is big and God is in control to the max. And so on the topic of prayer, well, what are my prayers actually going to do? Do they actually make a difference? If he's already decided the, the, the lot, the decision of our lives, God has made up that decision. Or if we see in Jeremiah that a person's uh, life is not his own, that he walks determining, uh, God, God determines his steps. Well, what difference is my prayer going to make then? That might be some of our concerns. And you can read actually in Ephesians 1, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So get that, before the world began. This is pre-history. This is pre-before pre even made sense. This is like before anything existed, God chose us. Keep reading, to be holy and blameless in love before him. He decided that. He ordained that. Keep reading, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. He predestined that. That is, before we were born, he decided we would be sons and daughters. He made these decisions. He made it so. He's decided the trajectory of history. God is in charge past, present, and future. So our, the question has to come about, well, what do my prayers make a difference? Do they actually make a difference? Do they? And that's the question at hand. This is a legitimate question. If God has done those things, if he's determined the path of man, if he has chosen us, if he has predestined us, do our prayers actually make a difference? Or are they just talking to a God who's already made up his mind? You can keep reading. It says uh, later in that chapter, Ephesians chapter 1, in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined. He is destined it beforehand. So what is the point of praying? That's the question. And we can ask that and we can wonder that. If he's already decided, what difference will prayers make? But then we, we read other passages like James chapter 4. It says, you desire and you do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. Now get this last uh, sentence here. You do not have because you do not ask. 
You do not have because you do not ask. So we see here that our asking leads to our receiving, that our asking actually does make a difference, that when we ask, that actually determines whether or not we would receive. So somehow, even though God is predestined, he's already determined, he has made up his mind on things, we see in other places that our asking actually does determine whether or not we receive or not. The next chapter, in James chapter 5, it says, is anyone among you uh, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. See how many times he says pray here. If anyone among you is suffering, he should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save a sick person. The prayer of faith will save a sick person. That it's the prayer that would make a difference for that sick person or not. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray, pray for one another so that you may be healed. Pray so that you will see healing. Prayer leads to healing. The power of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So we see that even though God has determined the world, he has predestined things, he has chosen the path, of people's lives. He has made all these things come about because he is ruling over it. He is sovereign. Even though those things are true, we still see that our prayers make a difference and they do change things. Well, how can those both be true? How can he have everything fully decided and our prayers still can change things? How does that even make sense? Well, I think that he's determined our lives from beginning to end, but within that, he has made our prayers hinges in which things would come about. He has planned for X to happen, but based off of us praying, he has inserted our prayers into his plans. He has hinged his plans on our prayers. He has incorporated our praying into his plan that if we did not pray, that plan would not come about. If you don't ask, you won't receive. So yes, he's made up his mind, he's made plans, but he has made those plans according to us praying and asking. And so we should ask and we should pray. And so all of that to say, my main point I really want to focus on, the few minutes left, is our prayers change our reality. Our prayers really do make a difference, and this is the why we pray. Or if you don't know why we pray, we're, not, we're just going to keep on not praying. We need to know why we pray, what the point of prayer, prayer is, so we would do it regularly. Our prayers really do change our reality. So how do our prayers change our reality? I've got two examples for you, okay? And by the end of this, I really want, truly, get this, okay? By the end of this, I want us to believe in the power of prayer so much so that we would go to him with our wildest dreams, our deepest passions, to see things come about, the things that would seem absolutely crazy, that would be pointless to pray for, that we would believe so passionately in the power of prayer to change our reality. That prayer has such an impact on our reality that we would even bring anything before God and say, God, I just want to lay this at your feet because I believe so much so that doing that might just make a difference. That's my hope for tonight. Okay? Let me give you two examples of people that believed in the power of prayer and in doing so saw God move. Let's look at them. Uh, the first one is Moses. 
It says in Numbers chapter 14, the Lord said to Moses, I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Pretty harsh. That's Israel. Uh, so God's saying to, Israel, uh, to Moses about Israel, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to destroy this nation. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. So this is the, this is the decree of God. This is the plan of God. This is what he's saying is going to happen. He said, I will do this. I will destroy the nation and I will give you a better one. That is God's plan. He spoke it. He said it. This is what would happen. Okay? Whole nation's about to die. But Moses replied, this is verse 19, a few verses later. Please pardon the iniquities of this people. So he's saying, please forgive them. In keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. So Moses just prays on behalf of Israel to God, who has decided he will kill them. He's not a liar. He's not messing around. He's not fibbing. He's saying what he would do. Moses says, please don't do that, God. Please don't do that. Please forgive them. Next verse, verse 20, it says, The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you have requested. Moses believed in the power of prayer, and in doing so, he saved a nation from destruction. This is the power of prayer. I mean, that can be so conceptual, but we really have to hone in on the fact that he just saved a nation of people. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were just about to die from a horrible illness or sickness, whatever that plague was going to be. And Moses saved them because he believed that praying would make a difference. And sometimes we don't even believe that praying would make a difference on, on the relationship of two people coming back together. Or, or that so-and-so, one person would be healed from a sickness. Moses believed that he could pray the craziest prayer and say, God, would you save a I don't even know how many people. Thousands and thousands of people. And God said, yeah, sounds good. I won't kill them by that plague. He believed that prayer made a difference. We can say that we do, but do we, do we pray like Moses? The next person is in 2 Kings. It said in those days, Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the uh, king of Judah. That's the southern kingdom of, of Israel. It said in those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, this is what the Lord says. So this is a decree of God. This is the plan of God. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Very declarative, not kind of ambiguity, no like question marks. Like, do you think he's serious? Like, do you think there's some wiggle room? You will not recover. You will die. This is God's plan for Hezekiah. But Hezekiah prays, uh, this is verse 2 and 3, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Hezekiah thought that his prayers would make a difference, that it would actually change the trajectory of what his life was looking like thus far. He was courageous enough to pray. And so you know what? God's already decided. It looks like this is what's going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to pray. It looked like it was set in stone, and he prayed. A few verses later, it says, This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. 
on the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. So not only did did Hezekiah change the verdict of him dying very soon, he's not only going to be healed and he's going to make it to live another day, but he just got 15 years added to his life. Who wants to learn how to pray like that? I mean, this is huge. Prayer makes a difference. When something looks like it's decided, we pray and something crazy happens. we got to believe, like, we could pray like Hezekiah. We could pray like Moses. And Moses didn't only do that the first time. In Numbers 14, we also see that in Exodus 32, he does the same thing. Prays for Israel. Israel got in trouble a lot with God. Prayed for Israel in Exodus 32, and he did the same thing. God said, you know, I hear your prayers. I won't do it. Twice Moses One time Hezekiah, and he got added 15 years to his life. Prayer can make a difference, even in circumstances that seem so definitive. Prayers can change the reality of our lives. It can make a difference. It can change things. But I want to say this, because this is so important, because some of you have probably prayed prayers that weren't answered the way you wanted them to be answered. Or you will in the future. So I just want to, I want to say this and I want you to hear this. Yes is not the only answer God gives. He answers prayers, but yes is not always the answer. What you're asking for, what you want to see done, sometimes he has a greater plan. He sees a greater scope than we do. And so yes isn't always the answer. When we say, I want my grandma, my grandpa to be healed. I want this relationship to be healed. I want this to happen or that to happen. Yes isn't always the answer. And I'm accepting that. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying on my situations and the things I want to see God do. Because I haven't heard him say definitively no. And even then, as we can see from Hezekiah and Moses, we can keep praying and just saying, God, I heard you. Would you make this so, though? And then just trust in him that he knows better, that he sees more. We're just going to live for him faithfully anyway. But yes isn't always the answer. My youth pastor growing up, he used to always say, I can't say what will change when you pray. I can't say what will change, but I do promise something changes. Something changes, and I believe that. It's not always our circumstances. It's not always that the relationship is healed. It's not always that the person is healed. It's not always what you want will happen, will actually happen. But something changes, and a lot of the times, maybe that's just you will change. Maybe as you are just praying fervently and you're on your knees before God, it's not the circumstance that's going to change, but it's you that will change. You'll become more dependent on God. You'll become more passionately praying to God. You will, you will become more close-knit with God. You've never felt closer and more in need of God. Prayers change things, and it's sometimes us that are being changed. And so I don't think we, should, we, should, we shouldn't just see that uh, Moses and Hezekiah did this or that. And like, man, I really want to do exactly what they did in their prayers. We should just see, you know what, they prayed and something happened. And even if they didn't have the answer they wanted, something still happened. We see that in the life of David. David, I want to make sure I get the verses right. Second um, Samuel something. Second Samuel 12. Uh, later part of the chapter. But 2 Samuel chapter 12, we see David, uh, he's praying for his son. God has just told him, your son is going to die a few years after he's, or a few days after he's born. He will die. So David 
fasts for days. He prays for days. He just weeps before God. He does exactly what it looks like Hezekiah did, but maybe even longer than Hezekiah did, maybe more passionately than Hezekiah did. Did everything that, they were, that he should have done, and he prayed, and a few days went by, and his son died. Yes isn't always God's answer. And it's not that you should have done this better or that better. Yes just isn't always God's answer. But you know what? I do think that afterwards David was so much more passionately driven towards God. He, was, he took sin so much more seriously. He became more dependent on God. He saw God in, so, in such a serious light. He took him seriously. Prayer still, his weeping before God for days, I can guarantee you still changed him for the better. Because after that, we can see later on, he, he said that he has a heart after God, God's own heart. David's circumstance still changed. David still changed, uh, even though his circumstance didn't. Our prayers can change our reality, whether it be what we're actually praying for, or just we become closer to God. But prayers make a difference. Our prayers, I think I have it again, our prayers can change our reality. The problem is that I am worried that we have forgotten this. I have forgotten this a lot of the times, and uh, I don't live like it's true. I personally really struggle with this. A few excuses I wrote down here. Excuses uh, to not pray. Excuses why I wouldn't pray. These go away if we believe in the power of prayer. Let me, let me say these few excuses. Maybe you've said this excuse before too. I've said I think almost all of them. But these are excuses that we might say when we don't believe that prayer makes a huge difference. But when we see that prayer makes a crazy difference, that prayer really is powerful, these excuses won't be in our vocabulary. Let me say a few of them. Maybe you said them. I'm just too busy. I don't have the time to pray. You would if you saw how big of a difference it would make. And this is me too. I feel like there is no need. I've already given up. You saw the power of prayer in these people's lives. That wouldn't be something you'd be saying. You know what? I'm just going to keep praying persistently and passionately. I never feel like it. I'm content with how things are right now. You wouldn't be if you saw that the power of prayer could really change your school like you'd like to see it. Or your parents or your family, your siblings, your own life, your own sins. If you saw that something radical can change for the positive, you wouldn't be saying, I'm content with how things are. I can just deal with it. Prayer can make a huge difference. And so I want us to, in the few minutes we have left, I want us to see the power of prayer. I want us to believe it. I don't want us just to say it, but I want us to live it. I want us to see Hezekiah in his prayers and say, man, I want to pray for the sick like Hezekiah. I want to see Moses' prayers for other people for their well-being. I want to love people that much that I would just pray so sincerely and so passionately like Moses did for other people, for no benefit of my own, but for other people's well-beings, so passionately like Moses, that he would actually save a nation multiple times. I want us to see their examples. And I want to see 
David's example where he prayed so passionately and it made him a better man for it. I want us to see that, the power that prayer has on our lives internally and externally, the power that prayer has in our lives. And I want us to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to pray like that. I want us to see the power of prayer. That we would believe that God would not only hear our prayers, but he would act on them. That he wouldn't just be a sounding board for us to vent, but he would hear it, he would hear our cries like Hezekiah, and he would see our tears, and he wouldn't just be a sounding board like, they're there, keep, keep coming, I need to keep hearing it. But he would respond because he sees our tears, because he hears our cries, he would respond to us, and something would change because we cried out to him. I want us to believe that he doesn't only hear, but he acts because of our prayers. Prayers can change our reality. So this is my challenge for you guys before we break up and, we, and you guys have time to pray alone and whatever you're going through, that you would spend time passionately praying that it actually would make a difference. No matter how many times you've prayed in the past for that specific thing, that you would pray again tonight because you believe that something would change tonight. We're going to have that in just a minute. But I want to give you a challenge. And the challenge is, I think, pretty simple. It's going to be a challenge um, through this whole series. That you would make a one-week commitment. So you don't have to make a commitment for the next five weeks. But, but every week you can recommit this commitment. That for the next seven days, you would pray without stopping for three to five minutes. Every day. It's a very practical commitment. But you say, you know what, I believe in prayer so much that for the next seven days, that's all it is, and then I can recommit on next Wednesday that for three to five minutes, I will, without stopping, just praying to God, whatever it is, it could be a million things or it could be the same thing for five straight minutes. Keep going, you don't have to set a timer. Like, okay, I can't pray anymore. I can pray as long as I need to. But make that commitment because prayer makes a difference. Prayer really does change things. So that's my challenge to you. You don't have to raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm doing it. You can make that promise to yourself. I'm going to be doing it. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer really can change your reality. That without your prayer, something else would actually come about. But when you pray, you can change your reality. Whether it be how you see things internally, your uh, perspective, or something would actually change that you're wanting to see change. Prayer makes a difference. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.